0: Cloud and Data Services is one part of a new State Department contract that could be worth up to $8 billion. State is not the only agency betting on cloud computing after the pandemic. Bill Burnham is Chief Technology Officer for U.S. Public Sector for Hewlett Packard Enterprise. He's former Chief Technology Officer for U.S. Special Operations Command. HPE sponsors today's Daily Scoop podcast. Bill, welcome. Thanks for coming on the program. These agencies are going to hybrid IT and the hybrid cloud more and more and more. What is driving that? Why is that something that agencies find appealing, not just because the Office of Management and Budget told them to in 2018, the cloud <laughs> smart policy, but what are the benefits that they're realizing as a result of doing it? Welcome, Bill.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I really do, and uh, and, and share with the listeners. Uh, re- what, what we see is there's three drivers uh, from an industry technology point of view that is that is bringing hybrid IT a.k.a. hybrid cloud to the fore. Uh, really, it's, it's data, and, and I, I hope we can burrow into each of these a little bit, but it's data, uh, the massive amounts of data that we can now capture and generate largely outside of a data center at the edge, what we'll call colloquially the edge. Uh, it's also the maturation of what we would call cloud-native computing platforms that can now exist outside of your normal commercial uh, cloud service provider environment, right? When you talk about cloud native computing, if you go to what the the Cloud Native Computing Foundation describes or defines as cloud technology, it's about running your applications inside containers with elastic orchestration, and and traditionally that really was born inside our our, our what we call our hyperscalers or our cloud service providers. And that's the only place you could get that kind of elastic environment. But the development of platforms that that can now provide that cloud native capability anywhere in your data center at the edge means we can now bring cloud technology to the edge. So you got data at the edge. you got the maturation of the cloud platforms. So you can now run cloud native at the edge. And then lastly, that's driven uh, companies like ours to create much more powerful computing that can exist at the edge because traditionally your your high-performance computing and your powerful computing is relegated to a data center where you control the ambient temperature to 70 to 75 degrees. Uh, uh, But what our customers are demanding of us is, hey, we need to take this computing out to where the data is because now we have a cloud platform we can move out there. So that's kind of driving this hybrid IT model, which when it's really looked at from a 20,000-foot perspective means you have the ability to spawn cloud-native workloads, meaning containerized workloads at the edge where your data is generated so you can make fast insights at your core data center where maybe you're going to keep your critical workloads or you want to do high transactional kind of workloads that could be expensive in a hyperscaler, or you spawn that in the hyperscaler environment where you where they have uh, unique capabilities that you don't want to have on-premise. So that, that edge to core to cloud construct with a a platform of cloud-native capability riding across it almost ubiquitously seamlessly, that's hybrid cloud and that allows you to take advantage of edge computing, core computing, and cloud computing. So three developmental areas, data, cloud-native platforms, and now powerful computing that can run in 55C, 130 degrees is what's enabling this to become a reality
0: we started uh, we talked a little bit before we went on the air about the way that private sector companies are approaching this versus the way that the federal government agencies are approaching this particularly regarding those three issues what do you see private sector companies doing either differently from agencies or that agencies aren't doing or aren't doing yet
1: So what you have out in the private sector and and it's it's really about the the way the private sector functions is the first company to make the insight the first mover makes the money at the end of the day so it so what you see in the private sector is they they want to deal with the data where it's generated uh so they can get the fastest insights and so they don't have the expense of moving that data let's be clear right we are now generating huge amounts of data compared to just five years ago and, and moving that data, uh, either it can be expensive and it, it causes latency. And so companies are realizing that, hey, if I deal with the data it's, where it's generated, all I need to send back is the insight. So, so a lot of companies out there are now investing in edge computing and, and coming to companies like ours to say, hey, I want exquisite edge computing with accelerators and GPUs and all that sitting out inside my oil field or energy farm or cell tower so i can deal with the data there and i will tell you our federal customers are are starting to move that direction uh it's it they're still uh very much data center focused uh and 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 what suzette kent did uh brilliantly as you know in the 2019 guidance she gave out with the data center optimization initiative update uh, is she said, hey, stop worrying about closing data centers. And let's modernize your workloads. Let's get your applications rationalized, meaning re-architected the containers to so what she knew and what she describes in that policy is, if you get to a containerized workload, you're going to realize the benefit and then you can move to the edge. The challenge we have in the federal government is we 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 are not yet very containerized. We don't have a lot of cloud native style of computing workloads which which makes it much harder to move those workloads out to the edge environment. But they're getting better across the board.
0: Given the kind of elasticity that's required for what you just laid out there, how does one build I mean is I guess architecture is the right word. How does one build a structure to allow for that kind of elasticity, especially at the edge, which is where just about every agency wants to be now, Bill.
1: Great, great question. And I think I think it comes down to a, a couple of different factors. And, I, and I'm going to describe it in that tiered methodology again. You've got your infrastructure piece where you've got to have uh, some redundant network connectivity that's going to connect your edge to core to the cloud uh, and the cloud service providers. whether no matter who the hyperscaler is, right, you ought to have more than one tied into your core so you have that uh, that economics. Uh, but but then on top of that, you've got several different layers of what we would call a platform. One would be uh, kind of a smart data fabric so that the data that's at the edge or the data sitting in the core or the data you decide to park in a cloud service provider is what's considered ubiquitously available, can be seen by workloads no matter what. So you have to have a smart data fabric layer. Uh, and then you've got to have an orchestration layer. Uh, most folks base their orchestration layer today on Kubernetes. Uh, which is your open source standard, and that Kubernetes layer that can see your edge, your core, and your cloud service provider because of your infrastructure hardware can now orchestrate workloads where they make sense, right? You can set up your orchestration layer to spawn the workloads where your data is. It's kind of a data gravity concept where instead of moving your data back to your data center and your workload or moving your data all into a, a hyperscaler cloud service provider, modern Day concept behind hybrid IT is I'm going to move my workload to my data, leave my data there where it's secure, it's known, and I don't have to move it. So, so you've got your hardware that still has to be exquisite and it's got to be functional. You got a, a data fabric smart layer, and then on top of that, you put a, a Kubernetes based most likely orchestration layer that's going to control where your workloads spawn. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I would love to explore those three topics that you laid out earlier. Okay. We're starting to run out of time though. So I want to ask you, what's over the horizon? What does this look like a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? How does this evolve? How does it mature?
1: So what you're seeing in a, in a, and I'm just going to stick with the cloud native computing space, right? Because that is, that is what's driving a lot of this. The the awesome work of the CNCF, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, all the companies out there contributing to the CNCF. My company's a gold member, believe it or not, as a hardware manufacturer contributing code to the CNCF. That's what's allowing all of this, uh, uh, you know, bringing the lowest common denominator compatibility. And now we have standards where you can have orchestration layers interrelating. So over the horizon, over the next two or three years, <clears throat> there's a lot of work to make authentication and identity easier because that is still not very uh seamless when you move between hyperscalers or your on-premises premises environment so there's a lot of development to be done there so that so that your identity on your local data center will also be your identity recognized inside a hyperscaler that's still a tri- tripping point uh and, and, but but that's really one of the last major ones and then what you're going to see is the the maturity grow in private sector and in federal government of folks understanding cloud native technologies there's still a pretty big gap in in what's in the art of the possible and and what we frankly understand as a user community and and a lot of effort right now i will tell you that i get engaged with is in is in customer education and customers who are saying please come explain this cloud native thing to us because we just don't get it and and by and large you're going to see that change over the next year and a half so while we work on uh the identity and we build a little bit better tool sets on the orchestration side and and the security side obviously which is critical now you're seeing that um a lot of it's going to be educating the customers because the current hardware we have can run cloud native you're seeing cloud native everywhere it's in all your operating systems it's in all of your your hyperscalers and so so it's not about the platform supporting it. The hardware infrastructure and the, and the operating systems will support it. Um, we got to improve customer education, and then that's going to lead to workloads being modernized into containers.
0: Bill Burnham, thanks very much for joining me. Great to have Take you in the program. Time. Thanks to HPE for sponsoring the program today.
1: You bet. Thank you.